Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As we start this new sermon series called The Amazing Race and, and take some aspects of running a race compared to running the race of the Christian life, we'll note that there are several places in the Bible where the race of a Christian life is compared to that very thing, running an earthly race. And today as we take a look at what it means to run with perseverance, let's find encouragement from the author of the letter to the Hebrews as he reminds us where our strength comes from. The amazing race may be brought to mind reality television, right? I'm going to run the risk of asking the question, how many of you would consider yourselves fans of reality television? Go ahead, raise your hands if you're fans of reality So we have some that are willing to admit my guess is even if you're not a huge fan, you can probably look at this very limited list of pictures, icons of different shows and at least recognize a number of them, right? Maybe you've even seen an episode of two or two of some of them. And I suppose we could have a, a discussion about whether reality television is reality or not. But there is a draw to reality TV, isn't there? And maybe part of the draw is we get to see everyday people like, like us who compete for a huge prize, often a million dollars in some of them. And we get to relate to the little guy, I suppose, overcoming obstacles and winning the competition. Or maybe there's a part of us that likes reality television because we can watch people like us and see the mistakes that they make and the bad choices that they make and think to ourselves, <laughs> I never would have done that, right? Whether we like reality television or not, there's enough of them out there that I think it's here to stay for a while. It's why I chose the title, I guess, The Amazing Race for the sermon series because it does kind of link us together, I suppose, this, this idea of the race of the Christian life with a reality show. So, another question? Amazing Race fans out there? Anybody Amazing Race fan? You can raise your hand if you're... Um, yep, good, good. Anybody, how about just seen it? Have you seen an episode of the... Okay, most people have at least seen an episode of The Amazing Race. That's good. You probably know that if you've seen it, it's, it's basically a global treasure hunt, right? It's divided up into legs of, of, of this race from one country to the next and you have to solve clues and, and problems and you, the last thing you want is to arrive in the final position at the pit stop for each leg so that you're not eliminated. This race around the world literally forces teams to work together to solve problems so that they can get to the end of the race. And I thought about that title, The Amazing Race. And then applying that to our lives in this world, I wondered to myself, how often do I think of it that way? Or maybe do I, would I prefer a little different adjective in front of the word race when I think of my race through this life? Maybe frustrating, disappointing, right? We can come up with a lot of other adjectives that maybe would describe the way that our race through this life goes. So today, let's hear these words from God given to us through the letter to the Hebrews and be encouraged to find strength in this race. Be encouraged to run with perseverance the race marked out for us because we're never alone. That's the truth we want to take from this portion of God's word today, that we can run with perseverance our amazing race. And the writer to the Hebrews gives us two ways that we can do this. First, encouraged by others. And then secondly, empowered by Jesus. 
Listen again to chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We are surrounded, the writer to the Hebrews says, surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. It's a neat picture. Just as a cloud is made up of thousands of water droplets, there are literally thousands of witnesses who have gone before us who give testimony to us about what their faith in Jesus means, why there's blessings in following Jesus in this life. If we were to go back one chapter to Hebrews chapter 11, you might even recognize that that chapter is the great faith chapter of the Bible, where we're introduced, reintroduced to the heroes of faith of the Old Testament, how by faith they lived their lives looking ahead to the finish line, to the promises that, they, that God had in store for them. It's almost as if the Bible pictures those people who have gone before us and their testimony cheering us on as we run the race of this life. A couple of years ago, I had an opportunity just down the road here to be at the finish line of the Ironman competition. It was pretty cool to see that. There's a corridor that they run down, the contestants run down after the long swim and the long bike ride and the marathon. The last couple hundred yards are this carpet-laid corridor that they run down and lining it on both sides are their fans and supporters. Clapping and cheering, it's pretty cool. I was sitting in the stands and I felt encouraged. It almost made me think of, okay, let's not go that far. I'm not going to run an Ironman anytime soon. But it was pretty cool to see that encouragement. And that's exactly what the testimony of those who have gone before us is like. It's that encouragement that it's worth it. Holding on to the faith that we have and the blessings that God promises, it's worth it. Maybe we need to ask ourselves, why, why do we need that encouragement? We know the answer, don't we? We know we need that encouragement because never is our race in this life obstacle-free. We're going to go through troubles. We're going to go through the ups and downs of this life. It's not going to be easy to run this race. And when those troubles come, it's easy for us to lose our focus, to lose what's important. And when we lose that focus, it's easy to want to throw in the towel, to stop in our perseverance, the writer to the Hebrews certainly identifies that those troubles might come from outside of us. There are going to be enemies of our Christian faith. But did you hear how the writer to the Hebrews says, we're going to struggle with our own sin? That it's our own sin that sometimes causes us those problems, that it so easily hinders and entangles? And unfortunately, we all know how that goes too, don't we? We understand that the temptations that come, that I seem to be tripped up by over and over again. For some reason, I just can't get away from it. And the frustration of knowing that once again, that sin has tripped me up and entangled me. And then I think about the life of a Christian and the fears that try to creep in and the difficulties that are placed in our path and the failures that we have to trust that God is in control. That's why I love how the writer to the Hebrews says that our race is marked out for us. We already know where we're going. The course is already set. And that course, on that course, is the encouragement of all of those who have gone before us. We can persevere in this race because we know what waits for us at the finish line. 
That's why the writer to the Hebrews says what he does next, to fix our eyes on Jesus. I think you probably won't be surprised if I tell you this morning that I'm not that big of a runner. I don't often put on my shoes and head out the door and go for a jog. Matter of fact, I adopted one of my friend's philosophies about running several years ago. He said, whenever I feel the urge to go out and take a jog, I just sit down on the couch until the feeling goes away. (laughs) But I know this, even though I'm not a big runner and maybe some of you are, I do know this. People don't run out the door with bulky coats on and heavy boots, right? You run in the lightest clothing that you can. Runners want to keep it light, whether it's shoes or clothing, because they want to be able to move. And isn't that exactly what the writer to the Hebrews is saying here about the race of our Christian life? We want to throw off those things that bog us down, that that hinder, and that's our sin that so easily entangles. So how do we get rid of sin? Jesus, right? We take it to Jesus who invites us to come to him when we are weary and burdened and he will give us rest. It's Jesus who took those sins on himself and went to the cross with them. We hand that sin over to Jesus when we look at those things in our lives that are temptations and strive to avoid them because we know they're already paid for in Jesus. That's what the author to the Hebrews means when he says to fix our eyes on Jesus. Here's how it sounds in verses 2 and 3 of chapter 12. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Anyone who runs for a long distance understands that it takes strength, not just strength of body, but really strength of mind as well. And the Christian life is no different. It takes not just physical strength, not just mental strength, but spiritual strength to run the race of the Christian life. And here's the great news for us. You don't have to figure out how to come up with that strength on your own. That strength comes from Jesus himself. That's why the writer to the Hebrews says, fix your eyes on Jesus because when our eyes are fixed on Jesus, it's then that we can run the race of this Christian life with perseverance. Consider Jesus' race for a minute. Jesus' life in this world, we certainly know his road wasn't easy, don't we? Jesus went on a road carrying a cross to a hill called Golgotha. And there he experienced the horrific death on a cross, not because he had done something wrong, but for you and for me. Did you hear this phrase that the writer to the Hebrews said? That Jesus scorned the shame of the cross? I want you to think about the amazement of that statement. That Jesus scorned the shame of the cross. He knew who that kind of death was reserved for, the worst of all criminals, And yet Jesus scorned the shame because he went to that cross for you and me. Jesus scorned the shame of the cross when on that cross he said these words, It is finished. Guaranteeing you that your sins are paid for in full. Jesus scorned the shame of the cross when he placed his exclamation point on his saving work and rose from the dead. And now he sits at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Yes, he rules all things for us. His victory is complete. And you and I share in that victory. Doesn't it make it a little easier to run the race of this life when we know what's on the other side of the finish line? When we know the victory that's already ours through Jesus? It doesn't change that we're going to go through the ups and downs of this life, but we know the outcome. And that what's, what's allow, what is what allows us to keep on running. The writer to the Hebrews holds out the endurance of Jesus to give us hope, to give us the opportunity to hang on and not lose heart. Consider Jesus once again. He knows. He knows what life in this world is like. He lived it. He came to this life and lived just like you and me. He was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. You see, Jesus knows the ups and downs. He knows the troubles that we go through. He knows that there are many times that this does not seem like an amazing race, but more like a rat race, where we're scurrying from problem to problem, trying to get on top of things, frustrated, anxious, worried, and that's what Jesus took to the cross with him. You see, Jesus knows that each one of us would love, like any runner, to have a course that was laid out for us that's well-paved, nice and flat, smooth, right? But opposition to our faith and even our own sin means that we're going to have a course that's windy and hilly and full of rocks and obstacles, but we don't run that race alone. The challenge that lies before us is a challenge that Jesus already rose to meet. I would say that probably over many, any other period of my lifetime, the last year has certainly raised some challenges for me and I bet you can relate to this as well. It's been tough to keep focus. Maybe that's a great question for us to ask ourselves this morning. How, how has my focus been through the last year of my life? And here's what I can share with you and I'm guessing that many of you can relate to. When my focus has been on the pandemic, when my focus has been on the troubles that are going on in our world, when my focus has been on the political problems that are going on in our world, when it's been on illness and all the things of this life, then my race seems kind of tough to run. My race feels more like a burden than something that's amazing. But when I remember that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, the throne of God, that Jesus is ruling all things, that Jesus has already won the victory for me, that I can consider the one who endured such over, uh, opposition and overcame, that's when I have hope. That's when I have courage to run the race of this life because I know who's running with me. Isn't that amazing? Although Jesus already completed the course, he already ran the race, He's running with each one of us. We're never alone. Jesus promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. And that's what makes this life an amazing journey. It's why we can enjoy the journey to the destination of eternity with him. Because our Savior is right alongside of us on the way, leading us to our heavenly home. It's what Jesus promised his disciples as he was sat with them in the upper room right before he was crucified. He spoke these words to them in John 14 and John 16. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. 
Some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, persevering in our race involves taking our sins to Jesus, to throw off what so easily entangles, to hear Jesus' invitation to come to him when we're weary and burdened and know that those sins are paid in full on, his, on that cross. Number two, Jesus ran the race we could not and endured the cross. Yes, Jesus already finished the race. You know what lays beyond your finish line because it's victory, the victory of your Savior. Number three, we can keep going in this life because Jesus has overcome and is with us always. We don't run this race alone. Jesus lifts us up when we fall. Jesus is there for us through the good and the bad and he's leading us to the perfection of heaven. I suppose I could follow some advice that I've gotten from other people if I really wanted to make sure that I was getting out and lacing up my running sneakers and taking a jog every now and then, that if I only find myself a good running partner, that would help, right? Somebody who could encourage me, somebody who could help me when I felt like quitting, somebody who was there for support over and over and over again. And I suppose that's true in our Christian life, isn't it? We certainly can lean on one another. We can use one another as support as we encourage each other on, on our path. But even if that isn't something that we experience, we have the greatest running partner of all. Our running partner is Jesus, who already completed the course for us. And as we run this race, he knows exactly how it's marked out for us. He knows exactly where he wants to lead us, and he's leading us to our eternal home with him. We can run with perseverance because we are encouraged by others and we are empowered by Jesus, empowered to see the finish line, a life with him forever in heaven. And that will be reality, a real reality that we will experience forever. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.